Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Allison L. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Today is Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. And today we're reading from the big book and we are on page 16, the first paragraph starting in Alcoholic in His Cups, reading through two paragraphs ending in and through us or we perish. And we will comment on both of those paragraphs. Today's readers are uh, Tenzin P. reading the text, Nancy R. reading Vision for You, Raz G. is our beloved backup, Chris G. on steps, and Kathy M. on traditions, and we'll have Susan S.H. greeting newcomers. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, July 19th, 2022, the 7 a.m. meeting, the share ID is 19198, that's 19,198. For yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, the share ID is 19199-19,199. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm now going to ask Chris G. to read the 12 steps for us. Thank you. Good morning. I am Chris G., a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Pass. Thank you for your service, Chris. 
and I'm now going to ask Kathy M. to read the 12 traditions for us. Good morning. This is Kathy M., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsively eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you again for allowing me to do service, and have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. You have a wonderful day as well. I'll explain now how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and we again, we're on page 16 reading Starting with the first paragraph at an an alcoholic in his cup, we're going to read two paragraphs. So the second paragraph ends with in and through us or we perish, and we will comment on both of those paragraphs. And today I'm going to ask Tenzin P. to please read and start us off with the reading and the share. Mm, Good morning, everyone. Tenzin P. checking in from New York. An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. 
I suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity, but just underneath there is deadly earnestness. Faith has to be, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Wow. All right. Um, Well, coming to the, I'm almost speechless, coming to the end of this chapter that we have gone through so carefully, a paragraph at a time, uh, Bill's story. So an alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. It made me think, you know, without going into details of the lying, the cheating, the stealing, and behaviors that were very self-destructive, that were all part of my addiction, um, being in active addiction and not having worked through the steps. And our struggles are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. Today, I could only think about that it's been strenuous. Um, maybe other sheriffs will talk about the comic and tragic, but um, it's been strenuous, but I'm so grateful. And uh, this sentence also is kind of about ourselves, but it's also about working with others. Um, then, yeah, there's a story. Uh, unfortunately, someone did commit suicide in Bill's home early on. Um, it's been an ongoing suicide in active addiction and um, clearing up the character defects and ongoing habits one day at a time is a way of not going anywhere near suicide. Um, So let's see. Um, I think that's all that I, the, the joy, I'm sure people will share about this, but underneath there is deadly earnest with earnestness without working these steps. I, I don't have a life and, um, Suicide could certainly be an option, you know, whether the short version or the long version. So I moved to read um, the promises at the end of step nine now to end my share. If we are painstaking about this phase of our recovery, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Um, Thank you very much. I look so forward to hearing what everyone has to share. Wishing everyone a great day. Thank you. Thank you for getting us started there, Tenzin P. All right, a reminder that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you shared on Monday or Tuesday on any vision meeting, we ask that you hold back today. And with that, I will take a list of names of those who want to share on these paragraphs. Rachel, Wanda. Rachel and Wanda. Susan, Susan. S.H. 
Surrey C from Connecticut. Surrey C. Rachel Q. We've got M Rachel. From Wisconsin. Rachel, Wanda, Susan Rachel H. Surrey C. Lisa H. I think Lisa. This is Jim S. in Toledo, Ohio. Jim. Okay. Did I miss some? I missed someone in there. I got a Lisa and a and then Jim, but I missed someone else. Rita Q. Rita Q. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Rita Q. Okay. Let that. We're gonna stop there. Let me tell you who I have. Rachel K, Wanda, Susan SH, Surrey C, Lisa something, I'm sorry, Jim S, Rita Q. So let's start with Rachel K followed by Wanda. Rachel K, hi, star one Rachel to unmute. Oh, hi, sorry. Hi, this is Rachel K. Go ahead, K. thank you. From um, Indiana and um, yeah, thank you for calling on me. Sorry about the mute, unmute thing. I really love these paragraphs because, first of all, um, I love the term unlovely. That's definitely a way to describe me when I was in my cup or my plate or my pizza boxes or my half-gallon container of ice cream or whatever it was. Unlovely. Yeah, um, my apartment with the, the filth, the filthy dishes and wrappers on the floor, like, so thick that you I mean, you couldn't even see the carpet um, with the cat box that hadn't been cleaned, hadn't been cleaned in weeks with, uh, you know, food stains on my shirt. That was definitely unlovely. And, um, and I was, you know, planning suicide. I was shopping for guns. I, you know, definitely um, was, was unlovely and, um, you know, deadly, deadly earnest and serious in my disease. But when it talks about the levity, I love that too, because I cannot take myself too seriously. Um, I can't afford to be offended. That is something that other people maybe can afford um, to be offended by either some of the language or somebody, you know, talking about the disease or, or whatever, you know, I don't, I don't have time to be offended. I maybe if someone's disease is not as severe and deadly as mine, that they have that luxury or maybe normal people have the luxury to be offended or, you know, taken aback at, at something. But I, I just don't. I don't. It, you know, I, I, it takes a lot to offend me. And I can't take myself too seriously now because when you think about it, it is a little disreputable disease, even though it's serious, it is a little ridiculous. You know, I need help to figure out what to eat during the day. Um, and But I love also how it talks about faith must work through me and what is it, you know, on me. I don't have the, it's pulled up on my phone, but um, 24 hours a day. This is a, you know, the treatment plan for this disease is not complicated. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's not complicated, but this is a 24-hour-a-day treatment. You know, in my waking and, I guess, sleeping unconscious hours, I, I have to be centered on God. You know, faith and this program has to be at the absolute center 
of my conscious mind as much as I possibly can, or else I'm not going to stay in that recovered state. And by the grace of God, I have not had to be in that disgusting apartment with the food stains and the dirty dishes and the dirty cat box now for, you know, several years, uh, one day at a time. But if I don't make it a 24-hour day focus, thank you, um, then then I'll be back there, you know, so fast it'll make your husband. So anyway, thanks for calling on me, and I'll pass. Thank you for your share, Rachel Kay. Next up is Wanda R., I believe. Everyone, I'm going to just say, uh, first of all, I need you all. The other thing is, this is these two paragraphs make me feel like the most important thing in my life is God's grace. To me, that is my faith operating. So I know that, you know, uh, when I get in trouble last night, I felt desperate, and I was really feeling sorry for myself. Oh, my God, Chris is going to die. Oh, my God, I got COVID. And I was like, what else could happen? And then I kept thinking, God, when he dies, there's so many things I want to tell him. There's so many things I want to discuss with him. You know, how am I going to make it? How am I going to get through? I tell you, the anxiety was like pouring out of me. But I just know I prayed to God for about two hours, and I know that God just calmed me down and that my focus cannot be myself. My focus and poor, poor, poor me, poor me, more, more, more. So I know that what I got to focus on is other people and what I can give to them, what I can do for them, and what I, how I can help them, not me. And I know I, I was suicidal, you know, when I tried it when I was 28, I'm not going to go through anything like that because I know that I I heard once somebody say that God is their boyfriend. You know what? God gives me everything I need. God loves me. God is going to take care of me. God is going to be with me, and he's above me. You know, he he provides, and I know that I can trust him, and I know that he can always manage my life, and that if I turn to him, I'm not going to be helpless. I know that I will always be taken care of, you know, so I got a lot on my plate, I got financial, I got you know, medical uh, for me and for Chris. And I know that, you know, uh, whatever happens, you know, God will be there. And uh, so I am just happy every day. And I really felt happy. You know, I mean, I really, it really came to me, wow, a joy, you know, that other people will never understand. Like I was supposed to call my cousin. She'll never understand that I can be happy in this, in, you know, at this point in time. And, uh, but I am. So, um, 
Thank you for listening, and everybody have a wonderful, wonderful day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Wanda. Susan S.H., you're up, followed by Surrey C. Go ahead, Susan S.H. Good morning, all. This is Susan S.H. in Ohio. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, that the line faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. This, uh, my sponsor said that was one of her favorite lines in Bill's story. Well, it sounded pretty strenuous to me, and at first I balked. I have come to see from experience that life on life terms can show up anywhere, anywhere in a 24 hours. Faith, as I've come to experience, means I can use the clear-cut direction to take it all to my higher power. Uh, yesterday was a very wonderful, golden day. Lots of outreach and, and feeling good and face-to-face meeting. And later, a disturbance came up. Late disturbance. And uh, I recall how that at one time would send me into the kitchen for a baking frenzy. I'm again amazed that higher power has returned me to sanity. And my first action is to use the steps to turn to my higher power for guidance. This truly is a design for living that works in rough going. And I'm so grateful to have been led to it, to have been called to it, and to have picked up the call. And that today I can trust. And faith can work 24 hours a day in and through me. It's an amazing thing to to see, and uh, I'm grateful. <laughs> Always will be human. Never will work it perfectly, but I am loved, and I'm grateful. And that is all I have to talk about. I pass. Well, thank you, Susan S.H. Surrey C., you're up, followed by Lisa N. Go ahead, Surrey C. <laughs> Hi, this is Mary C. Compulsive Overeater. Um, faith has to work in and through me. There's a lot in these two paragraphs. Um, a person committing suicide um, cannot, would not give themselves to this program as a chronic relapser struggling to even make it through two days, I wonder to myself, am I crazy? Will I ever get this? Will I ever be recovered? And then, of course, that guilt or that walking around and with a self-righteousness that I have it all together when I feel you know, deep down that I don't. Um, those are those are two very different realities. It's hard to hold it together. How does one hold it together? You know, to seem so happy on the surface and having everything and, and experiencing such a quiet powerlessness below the surface. I literally have um, 
There are four people meeting today in a closed door session to determine my family's fate. And I have another sibling who's going through, you know, having a bone marrow transplant right now. I am like, I'm just, I am. And, and there's, and, and there's joy and, and a celebration to celebrate in the midst of it also. I mean, it's craziness all around me and yet work goes on and life goes on and my food has to stay blessed. Faith has to work in and through me or I perish. And you know what? It's going to work as imperfectly as it works today because the only thing that is perfect, the only thing that is truly reliable and trustworthy is my higher power in in and through all of it. Um, that I know, that I can trust completely and that I'm not interested in perishing. I'm grateful that I'm here today. I'm grateful for this group. And I'm so grateful for my higher power who helps me with something as seemingly insignificant as food. But it's the food that has me in its grips. It's the food that's all around me and the food that threatens me continuously. So thank you to this group. Thank you for, and thank you my, to my higher power, to my God. With that, I pass. Thank you, Suri C. Next up, Lisa N., followed by Jim S. Go ahead, Lisa N. Good morning, and thank you, moderator, for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful shares so far. Um, Yeah, I was definitely unlovely, an unlovely creature. Um, And it was the funniest thing because I didn't realize how much I was work and effort to people in my life because I had my hair done and I took a bath every day and I put on clean clothes. And even though I was 230 pounds, I wore makeup and I had my nails done. So on the outside, um, I had all of, that's the comic part. The tragic part was what was inside of me, which was very little. I was kind of a shell. And, um, I I didn't commit suicide, but I thought, you know, maybe if I just died, it would be easier on everybody, my family, my kids, if I was just, you know, not here. And so I I didn't wish for death, but I thought, I kind of fantasized about it. Um, But the thing I know today is that I have been given, like, even another new chance. I feel like I'm given new chances all the time to do better with this program. And um, recently I had um, a strange relapse, but I'm, it's like 76 days, I think, that I've been abstinent, and so I'm very grateful. Um, so today what I know that I didn't do before is focus on service to others, and I took calls, and, but I didn't do it with the same kind of love that I feel like I'm doing it now. Um, I feel like I really want to do that, and I feel like that's what God is telling me. I have to have faith in this program and God, or I'll perish. And God says to me, you will like helping people if you do it my way, if you take these steps, if you pray, if you... Anyway, it's, it feels so much better, and it feels different. I don't want to... I don't want to perish. I want to live, and I'm grateful to all of you 
So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. And I'm just going to give a reminder of where we're reading. We're on page 16 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We started at the first paragraph with an alcoholic in his cups. We're reading two paragraphs today, ending with in and through us or we perish, commenting on both paragraphs. Now, Jim S., it's your turn, followed by Rita Q. Go ahead, Jim S. Yeah, this is Jim S. in Toledo, Ohio. I'm a compulsive overeater. And the, alert, the line in the reading that spoke to me, but just underneath there is a deadly earnestness. Um, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I read the preamble, and I used the word individuals in place of men and women. And my sponsor told me that they had a group conscience meeting and they decided to stay with men and women. And when I told him that I believe the change was necessary, um, I knew in my heart that I was connected to the alcohol, to the 12 step process. And, um, I'm still having a hard time nailing down the date, and I'm thinking today is July the 20th. I can call myself a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I just know that I know it's a a matter of life and death. And so um, before you all, I'm going to, say that today is um, is my day of um, abstinence uh, from now on, and um, I don't know, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jim S., for your share. Rita Q., it's your turn, and then we'll take a new list of names. Go ahead, Rita. I don't hear you. Rita, you may be muted. Hi, can I have a hair now? I hear you now. Go ahead. Yay, thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Rita. I'm called Compulsive Overeater. Oh, this is so me. Yeah, a compulsive overeater that I am in my cup. When I am drunk on food, I am an unlovely creature. Not necessarily on the outside to people. Still fun. I'm not, you know, but yeah, just what's going on inside is just a mess. It's like spaghetti. It's just crazy, you know, when you get all the wires tangled up and everything's going the wrong way. And I love the line, place has to work 24 hours a day in Austin three to repairs because they find out at age 15, you know, um, the line, you know, face would be face would be dead indeed, you know, because face would be dead indeed. Yeah, if he drank, he would surely die. And the thing is. I have such a bad relapse that I know if I ever go back into the city again now, the city's just, I take a bite and it's going to take me. Because that's, and, and the only the only reprieve that I have is, is contingent on my conscious contact with my hair power. And that has got to start from the minute I open my eyes. And I opened my eyes a lot last night because we're having a massive heat wave here in the UK. And, you know, each time I woke up, I prayed to God and I just connected because for me, it's a muscle in my brain that I've got to train and retrain every day to stay in touch with God, to really, really connect. Because if I don't have that conscious contact, I won't have absence. I won't have 
any form of serenity. I would just have a grumpy person who at times can crack a few good jokes and, you know, but who, who obsesses about food on herself all the time. And thank God that's not my choice today. And um, I do love that it says, you know, as if I asked about fun about it all, oh, I've just come back from France and I was away with three recovered fellows and it was just, you know, I started to recover fellows and it was just heaven, you know, it was just lovely and it was fun. It was such good fun. And, you know, it says clearly to the wives we're not gone mad. And, yeah, definitely not. But I just have to remember my life has got to have God and I love it. And without that, hopefully I will not perish today. And I'm really grateful to be here and I'm really grateful to get on the line. So thanks for listening. Up. Thank you for your share. Um, we're going to take a new list, and although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. We're on page 16, the first two paragraphs. Who would like to get on the list to share? Amy this G. is Jen A. I heard Amy G and Jen A. Katie B. And Katie B. Sheila. Sheila and somebody else B. Who was the other B? Okay, I'll take two more. I've got Amy G, Jen A, Katie B, Sheba. Who was that? Russ M. I heard Ken W H and Russ M. I'm gonna stop there. All right, so Amy G, you're up, followed by Jen A. Go ahead, Amy G. Good morning. Thank you all for your service. Team Wednesday, my name is Amy G. I am a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Um, I think it begs repeating, you know, this faith has to work through us 24 hours a day in us and through us or we perish. Like many have talked about this in us, this faith in us. Why do I need this faith in us? Because I need a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity. It reminds me on page 45, it says, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself that will solve your problem. What is my problem? My problem is that I have an illness. I have a twofold, I have a twofold illness, a physical allergy and a mental obsession. And the two of those combined make me absolutely powerless based on my willpower, my knowledge, or even my experience to stop me from killing myself with my compulsive eating and my bulimia and all the other manifestations that this disease brought me to. It is torturous, it is hell, it is unlovely for myself and all of those around me. But the through me is what stands out for me today. In me and through me, what does that mean? That means that I am to then give back. I am then to be of service. That part of my recovery is not only to find God and that power that restores me to sanity on a daily basis, and gives me a new way to live my life, not only without having the food calling, but a new way to cope and express and react and respond to life on life's terms. But then how do I get out of myself? It has to work through me in that I share it with others. I be of service. I sponsor. I have service commitments. I have a home group. I serve my community. I serve my family. I become and I'm working towards one day at a time being a God-centered person instead of a self-centered person by looking outside of myself, living in 10 steps, 10, 11, and 12. All easier said than done. 
but it has to be in me, God in me, and God through me, meaning that I carry a message, and I carry a message to others that there is hope and there is recovery from that unlovely status, and that we can be on the other side, not perfect, but have a connection with God. To me, that's what these 12 steps are all about, not only recovering, but having that connection to that higher power that restores me to sanity and allows me to be of service to my fellow man. You know, that's our purpose. And I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to do that every day. And just a quick note on fun. I don't know about you all, but I, my definition of fun and active addiction was to be anesthetized or high. I didn't actually know there was a different way to have fun without some sort of chemical substance in me. And you all have taught me that there is a vast amount of fun and a new way of living life that brings joy and happiness and laughter. There is a quote in the big book, I was trying to find it, but it says we absolutely insist on enjoying life. And I don't know funner or funner people than those that I know who are recovered and know that they have been given a new way of life and have found joy and happiness. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Jen A, you're up, followed by Katie B. Go ahead, Jen A. Good morning. Thanks so much for being of service today and hosting the meeting. This is Jen A. Um, I'm recovered but not cured here in Colorado. Wow, I love this paragraph. I was just reading it over and over again um, as the meeting's going on, and it's me, right? I'm an unlovely creature. Perhaps I'm suicidal. Um, I might be com uh, com comic comical, uh, tragical. Um, <laughs> my struggles are strenuous. Like, that was me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, I don't know that I was having a lot of fun, but I, um, you know, did my best to just, uh, I guess, show up. I don't even, there's a lot of things I don't even remember about my past, and that's okay. They come and go as they need to. Um, but underneath, there's a deadly earnestness. What's my earnestness? Faith has to work inside me, Jennifer Marie, 24 hours a day, or I'm going to die. So I can be an unlovely creature, and this week has been a great week for me. So I'll just share kind of a brief um, story of where I'm at is that in my office um, eight years ago, I came to work for a company. Um, I came in as a compulsive overeater. I started to get recovered. I got recovered, almost lost my job. Um, I got a 90-day written notice, and then they turned around, and after 90 days, they were like, what the hell happened to you? Like, we just want to hear from you. You're a totally different person. Well, I had continued to work these steps and turn um, every single resentment and fear over to God for 90 days and get on my knees and pray out of desperation and say, okay, God, I need you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or I'm going to lose my job. And, um, you know, today, eight years later, I was in a meeting yesterday and we were going around and I'm the only original employee out of four in my department that does my job. So I know how to do everything. I run the show pretty good. Like, you know, I'm just going to say it. Everybody else comes to me for everything because they're learning, right? And I have to be careful with that because I don't want to act like um, the girl with the big britches. But I will say yesterday, two of my colleagues were joking and said, you know, um, I'm an event coordinator. So I'm like, yeah, on event days, you know, I just, I want to, I, 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 I don't want Jen to be mad at me. And then somebody else says, oh, yeah, you know, don't do, don't do things, don't do it wrong. And they were joking. But when it was my turn to share around in the circle, I said, you know, I'm going to be really vulnerable and honest. But why? Because before that, while everybody else is share, sharing, I'm praying for an intuitive thought or decision. I'm relaxing. I'm turning to God. I'm asking God, 
God, what should I do in this situation? Do I need to write inventory? What, what, what is my next right indicated action in this meeting? He said to be true to yourself, to thine own self be true, speak up and just ask for clarification. So I said to them, I am aware that you guys are saying these two things about me. Oh, this one guy's like, I'm just totally kidding. I was like, okay, maybe we can be a little more authentic with our words. I'm thinking in my head, I didn't say that loud. He's like, I'm sorry, I used the wrong verbiage. And the other girl was like, I just don't want to disappoint you because you're so awesome. And you do such a great job at running this office. That's time. Thanks, Allison. And I asked for clarification. I paused and I was agitated. And that's what I do today because that's what this program has taught me so much. So working these 12 steps is amazing. It's my oxygen 24 hours, seven days a week, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Katie B., you're up, followed by Sheba, and I didn't get Sheba's initial. Go ahead, Katie B. Hi, this is Katie B. from New York. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so like we've talked about already, you know, I've loved the share so far, an alcoholic in his cups. So I would say unlovely is probably one of the more polite terms you could have used to describe me when I was in the food. You know, I would essentially just snarl at my husband and children after dinner and chase them away so I could be alone uh, with my food. And I was dishonest around food. And I reflect back, and I cared more about food than other human beings. You know, I, I certainly spent more time thinking about it, obsessing over it, planning diets, and I really spent caring about other people. Um, and like the book says elsewhere, I was prey to misery and depression, and I was a most unlovely creature. But even at my worst, I was still a creature. And when I look at that word, I see the word creation. You know, I was created by God, and I was still worthy of love, even at my most unlovable, um, and we all are. And I love the comment about fun. Um, I have a lot of fun even at my worst now. Not my worst, the worst, the worst situation. Because I have a program and I have a way to uh, deal with life. I have a design for living. And when Bill talks about the man that committed suicide, you know, that's a warning for me. I have two alternatives. I can see this way of life. I can live in recovery or I can die in my disease. And that sounds extreme, but that's my truth. You know, I need faith and I need God 24-7 um, or I'm going to die in this disease. And this 12-step way of life means God. And it means there is a God and I am not it. Um, and it means turning my life over to God. And that means freedom, which seems counterintuitive, like how do I be more free when I'm less independent? But I've learned through this process like this, there's this spiritual math that's different, uh, a different kind of math. I was just talking about this with a friend in program, right? Like I commit to having boundaries around my food, and those boundaries give me freedom because I don't have noise in my head around food or dieting. And when I don't have that noise in my head, I can hear God. And, you know, likewise, when I give more of myself to God, I, I get more out of life. And the more dependence um, I have on God, uh, the more independence I have from my disease. So, you know, and when I depend on God, um, I don't, my mood is no longer dependent 
on um, the world around me, right? My action, my reaction, my serenity doesn't depend on others or um, on what people say. And that freedom is the most precious gift that I've ever received. And that, that, time? Um, is that my time? Yeah, so I'm just yeah. going to say that that faith going through me brings me freedom, and I, and I wish that for everyone else on the line. I wish you have a beautiful day. Thank you, Katie B. Sheba, you are up to share, followed by Ken WH. And Sheba, please give us the last initial of your, or the first initial of your last name. Hi, this is Sheila B. I think maybe it was me. Yes, it was. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Thanks for your service. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I love, love, love this meeting. Uh, I love, love, love that reading. It says it all to me. Faith needs to work in me and through me 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day. Spiritual life is not a theory. I have to live it. I'm so grateful to be abstinent from compulsive eating and my trigger foods. Gives me the capacity for that. I, I used food in place of God. I use it in place of my fellows of intimacy, of fun. Talking about fun, that was a big word. Like, oh, this is my idea of fun and active addiction. It was like, you know, a bottle and a cake. <laughs> like, that's the best I had. I'm just so grateful for the misery those things cause me. The misery, the pain, uh, the bottoms that I've hit that have opened me up to admit my powerlessness in so many ways and um, receive the grace to experience real connection, real fun, um, real surrender, real faith through me and to me and through me as much as possible. I had some difficult news for the night before last about a family member I love so much. Um, so yeah, life on life terms, like I heard, shows up. And because of my training, my head went, "Oh no, am I going to have to eat over this?" And the next thing, it was, it, it was, it just came. Like, well, that's not your experience. Like, yeah, you've done that before. You're not doing that now, and it's not necessary. And it just happened, you know. The 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 response instead of picking up food, I picked up. God and my fellows and people and shared and my husband who's awesome. Today's his birthday. I'm so grateful I get to share it with him. Said to me, extra meetings <laughs> which I always sit in with stuff happening. And that's what I did. That's what I'm doing. And I don't normally share here, I'm sharing. And then God is God, you know, God is either everything or nothing and I have come to know that God is good. And I need to accept life on life terms and trust. Like that this is the plan and it's a loving plan. So thank you for letting me share. I'm so grateful to be here at Pam. Thank you, Sheila C for your share. Ken WH, you're up to share, followed by Russ M. Go ahead, Ken WH. NWH, we do not hear you. 
star one to unmute. How's that? I think that's better. That's good. <laughs> Go ahead. Ken WH, Recovered Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, our struggles uh, are variously strenuous. Um, I have found uh, over time that struggling was part of my problem. I was struggling against something all the time. Um, and even struggling against um, other compulsive overeaters or, <laughs> yeah, other compulsive overeaters trying to get the program or not. And I would struggle with them, and I would struggle with whether or not the, I was being a good sponsor, da 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 and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the struggle's the problem. I have to let go of that and uh, just relax back into the arms of God and my faith in God that that uh, God has that other person in hand. And it isn't for me to get others straightened out. So i got to let go of those struggles. That's for starters. Uh, I have to start struggling, stop struggling from trying to fix other people. And uh, and I know Bill was really, really earnestly trying to help others, and I am too. And I still need to let go sometimes. Um, comic and tragic, yeah. Um, the comic part, I think, is interesting because I used to always think of myself as a life of the party and I'd get laughs from people and all that kind of stuff, and I just I realized today I was being a fool and foolish, and that's more what people were laughing at than <laughs> my abilities to actually uh, humor them. But then I came into recovery, and I, I I now say things that I'm being quite serious about, and all of a sudden people are laughing, and it's that that uh, knowing nod from people who have been through what I've been through, have done some of the things I've done, who who identify and um, can smile with me as I laugh at myself. I think back to sharing the first time I ever shared that I used to wipe my prints off of candy wrappers or food um, bags before I threw them out of the car window on a highway somewhere out in... <laughs> no man's land for fear that they would be found and that they trace it to me and my fingerprints and I'd have to pay a big fine for littering. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. I can laugh today, laugh out loud. But when I was saying it, I was just, I was in the tragedy of it, how paranoid I had become, how fearful I had become in my disease. Today, I I can laugh at that because I don't do that anymore. And that's the key. Uh, I have seen people fade away from this program, never to be heard from again. I have buried people who died of this illness. Uh, it is tragic, and yet it is a great, great joy to be a part of it, part of this recovery, and uh, to okay. share my experience, faith, and cope as best I can. And I thank you. I'll pass. Go for it, Russ. <laughs> thank you, Ken WH. Russ M., you're up. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, everybody. Um, you know, I just obviously I'm here to share uh, those two words that that strenuous and tragic. You know, we're, we're killing it, and I I just think of it. I was so fatigued from fighting. You know, I'm just applying it to the context of me and and my struggles. You know, I was so beat up. 
that I waved the white flag. It was kind of a good thing. It was a great thing that I was destroyed. Yet, the, you know, there's a lot of pieces around me, a lot of debris. And that's that's the tragic part. And on the other side of that coin is that working with with guys and being involved in program and doing service and studying the book, that has to be strenuous for me too. It's got to be a pain in the ass for me. I don't know about anybody else. It has to be, because I know myself. If there's anything that I, that second to getting closer to God and trusting God in all affairs. Said, I know who I am now. I'm a junkie. If I don't, if I don't work this program with intention, it's going to be tragic again. And kind of like what Ken alluded to, just yesterday I got a call. One of my boys I grew up with, I know he battled it his whole life. They found him dead. They found him dead in his in his in his house. Three weeks he was in there. Nobody came to visit, you know, nobody came and got him. Nobody heard from him. He battled it. He had all kind of different problems, but he was a compulsive overeater. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to, I don't want to be living that every day. So that, that strenuous and tragic, it applies on both ends of the coin for me, both sides of the coin. You know, the comedic thing, I, you know, everybody knows I'm a knucklehead. So that was easy, and I was a fool, just like Ken said. I was a fool. And now I struggle with when you want to be taken seriously. But, you know, through God's grace, I just say what I need to say. And, you know, as, as I ended this, this share, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this program because it pointed me to God. I don't have anything if it wasn't for 12 steps and, you know, the whole deal, everything I always say. It's the truth. I can't help. I have to say it getting off, off because uh, passing because what's the truth? All right, y'all have a good good day. Love you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for sharing, Russ. And sorry for your loss that you've experienced. We do have time for a one-minute share. Would someone like to share for one minute? Blanca BG. You have one minute, Blanca. Go ahead. Hi, good morning. Yes, I'll be brief. Um, this paragraph just uh, reminds me of having of staying faithful. And um, no matter what's happening in my life and that what I'm, when I'm not, I forget that there, if you have faith, there's no room for fear. Um, I've been feeling particularly anxious and fearful. And yesterday I reminded myself can't have both. There's no room for both. So uh, today I choose faith and um, <clears throat> acceptance of all the things or any things in my life that are trying to shake that. And of course, that's, that's never ending. There will always be things that will try to shake it. But I choose faith because fear is the end for me. Um, thank you very much. I pass. Thank you for closing us out, Blanca BG. Thank you to everyone who shared today. The share ID for today, Wednesday, July 20th, 2022, this 7 a.m. Um, Vision for You meeting. Today's share ID is 19205 for this meeting. That's just concluded. 
We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy R. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through keep you until then. Good morning. It's Nancy R., recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.